We want to welcome you to the Hills Church at home today. In fact, a couple things you can do today is you can go to our website, uh, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can download our message notes. You can also download the kids' activity sheet. But uh, being that it's the first Sunday of the month, we are also going to receive communion together. So you can get, if you've got some juice and a cracker or whatever it is, uh, bread and water, whatever it is that you can grab and right at the end of the message, we'll, we'll do communion together. You can actually pause me right now and go do all of those things and then hit play and come back. Um, so you can do that as well. But my message title today is, If You Say So. It's gonna be one of uh, the phrases in one of the verses and translations uh, that we read. So let's, uh, let me open with this one verse. This is John chapter five, verse 17. It says this, Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now and I have been working. In fact, we've been looking at this verse uh, throughout some other scriptures in the Bible about God being at work, but Jesus being at work. God working on the uh, outside of things, Jesus coming to begin to work on the inside. That's what we're gonna look at today, Jesus beginning to, to work on the inside. You know, it's interesting when, when we read in the scripture you'll see today is um, when people have encounters with the Lord, it completely changes things. You know, throughout the Gospels, we read about people that encounter Jesus. Some of them walk away sad. Some of them walk away discouraged. Some of them walk away wondering. And some of them wonder, how could we ever follow a man that called us to do this? But others don't walk away. And those that don't walk away are unique. Even their walk, as they begin to walk with the Lord, is unique. Some have the ability to see clearly for the very first time when they encounter Jesus. Some walk free, we read in the Bible, of demons that had possessed them for years, and they now have a new outlook on life. But you've never found a man like Jesus who was able to change so many people over the course of over 2,000 years. And you know what he's doing today? He's continually changing people's life. He is always at work. So today I wanna look at Luke chapter five, but I wanna look at it in a very different way than I, I really have probably looked at it before. I used to always look at it for what Jesus said about the nets, we'll see that in a minute, but I wanna look at it today in the lens of us following Peter and following his life and following really Jesus working on him that caused a transformation. So let's read this together. In fact, I'm gonna read in Luke chapter five uh, and I'm gonna read verse one through um, verse 11. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version, and it says this. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God 
that he stood by the lake of Gesenareth. Now that's the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and they were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a record, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to the other partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken, and so were James and John, the son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's take a minute and pray, especially after we read those scriptures, that the Holy Spirit would direct all of us to focus in on exactly what he wants to speak to our hearts today. So Lord, we stop today. We're thankful for your words. In fact, you called out Peter. I pray as we read these scriptures that we would have the eyes of our understanding to both see and hear that you're calling us out, but we make sure that we tune in to listen. Regardless of distractions and things that are taking place, we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We bless you in Jesus' name, amen. So again, Luke chapter five, verses one through 11 when we looked at it, one of the things that really stood out to me again uh, as I began to look at this, really that I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me a different picture. We'll notice in verse one when we read it that Jesus was teaching, but this crowd pressed in on him to hear the word of God. They pressed, and in fact, what's interesting when you looked at, look up that word, the word pressed, is the Greek word that means to be urgent. They were urgently pressing in on him to listen to the very words that he said. In fact, one of the meanings of that, um, you could read the phrase uh, claustrophobic. You know what that is? Many people don't like being in very small places, small, you know, tight places. They become claustrophobic. They feel like they need to get out. Well, Jesus was being so pressed by the people to hear him and surround him, that he began to look around and he had an idea. He saw a boat. So he decided to ask the guy 
whose boat it was to allow him to get in the boat, go out a little bit way. And now Jesus had a great opportunity to teach and preach. Some Bible scholars feel that even this crowd could have been upward close to 15,000 people that were pressing in to hear the word of God. Now, here's what I think is interesting in the Bible. So we got the people pressing to hear him, and yet we have the fishermen, most likely Peter, Simon, which we read, Peter, James, and John, the partners, mending their nets. Well, what had they been doing? Well, we know in the story a little bit later, they'd been out all night fishing, didn't catch a thing, but as being people that were taking care of their business, they made sure to go through each section of the net to mend and to clean it. So I really wondered when I was looking at this, if Peter was close to his boat, Jesus is teaching, he's mending the nets, that he's not even paying any attention to what Jesus said. In fact, now he probably is when Jesus asks to use the boat and push out a little bit. Well, now he's got to pay attention. He's right there in the boat. It's interesting uh, that I think many times we can get busy doing the things that we need to do, but not paying attention to the words that Jesus says to us. It's interesting, even when Jesus is physically present right there by them, they're distracted and busy. They're not listening to what he says. And these people are pressing in. They want to hear the word so bad. And yet it seems like others are just busy doing their own thing. Yet what's great when we read this is Jesus was physically present even when people were physically distracted. He's always present in our lives. But I want to read this um, one translation. In fact, when we go down here, uh, Peter had experience already with Jesus because you can read in Luke chapter 4, verse 38 and 39, he had healed, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. She had a fever. Jesus put his hand on her hand and she was healed. So Jesus, so Jesus and Peter have some experience. They've obviously met before, but when we read the Bible, Jesus is preaching. This is what I think is interesting. So he's preaching and teaching, and somewhere he must conclude the teaching of the day with, thank you all for listening today, you may go. And immediately we read in the scripture, he says to Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. A specific instruction from the one who was just teaching, from the one who at least you saw one miracle, maybe you saw more, but you saw a miracle of your own mother-in-law being, being healed. And the, the only thing that Peter can say when we read in the Bible is, he says, Master, we toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down a net. Let me read this out of the New uh, Living Translation. This is in Luke chapter five, verse five. And it says, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night long and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. If you say so, I will let the nets down again. You know, we've had to use that. Uh, we've, we've used a phrase or we've heard a phrase, 
like that when we would discipline our kids. Now you say sorry to this one for what you did. Well, I'll do it because you say so. No, no, no. No, that's, that's not what we want just because you say so. You do it because it's the right thing to do. So don't read into these words, if you say so. My, my uh, New King James translation says, at your word. If you say so, I'll do it. Isn't it amazing that these four words that Peter says are going to change his life? If you say so. Now, Peter is obviously tired. He's been fishing all night long. He didn't catch anything. He's tired. He's probably discouraged. He didn't make any money that day. He's mending his nets. Now he's back out, however long Jesus taught. Now Jesus wants to launch out and let, let down the nets. You know, uh, and he's going to do it because Jesus said to do it. In fact, as we read on uh, earlier here, we know that uh, when he did this, let down the net, they caught a tremendous amount of fish that the net was even breaking and he had to call his partners to come out and help. And even when they put the fish in the boat, the boat started to sink. You know, and I thought about that and I wrote this down. If we're unwilling to do the ridiculous, we will never see the miraculous. It was probably ridiculous for Peter to say, wait, wait, I just did that. I just went out and let down. I did that all night long and it didn't work. This is ridiculous to have to do it again. But if you say so, I'll do it. There's, the, there's that openness. Here's the important part that we see in Peter. Peter had to be open now to not go by what he felt. He's tired. You know, I remember... Uh, one of my first jobs when I was married, on Fridays, I had to start at 2 a.m. And I would get home about 12 or 1 p.m. in the afternoon. And uh, I would try to stay up. And I, meant, I remember many times by that night, man, I was just tired. I'd been up almost all night long. There are people that work the graveyard shift through the night. And so in the morning when they get off, they're just tired. And if you tell them to want to do something, no, they just want to lay down and go to sleep. They're tired. Peter's tired. He's doing what he should do. He's mending the nets. Jesus now says, launch out to the deep, let down your nets. But he says those words, even being tired and possibly discouraged, he says, if you say so, I'll do the ridiculous because you say so. And then he gets to see the miraculous. Notice that Peter really, he wasn't disqualified at all. Um, he was qualified, but now he's directed. And Jesus is working on Peter. Peter has no idea that it, this one day is going to change his entire life. He's going to go from a fisherman mending nets and being tired to, at the end of this, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ in one day because he follows what Jesus says. You know, as you read on, as we read at the end of the Bible, it also, we see two other ones follow, and that's James and John. And, and we see them in the scripture. They follow along as well. But there's a couple other verses that I want to look at. So I want you to push pause there on Peter. Okay, so here we see Peter following what Jesus said, if you say so, letting down those nets, being blown away by the catch 
having to get partners to help him out, bringing the fish in. And yet at the end of the day, they forsake everything and they follow Jesus. And here's what's interesting. That day didn't just completely change who they were on the inside. No, it took time over time. But you know what they were doing? Jesus was at work and they were at work seeing changes. I want to read this verse out of Jeremiah chapter 18. In fact, I think this gives us a great picture how God is working, Jesus is working, and it's really a prophetic word to Jeremiah to the people. Listen to what it says, Jeremiah chapter 18, one through four. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word the Lord spoke to Jeremiah. Go down to the potter's house and I will give you my message there. So I went down to the potter's house and saw him, talking about the potter, saw him working the potter's wheel. He was using his hands to make a pot of clay, but something went wrong with it. So he used that clay to make another pot the way he wanted it to be. Boy, you know, when, I, when I've read this verse before, I love this part. God wants to speak to Jeremiah, but Jeremiah has to leave and go away that God tells him to do it so that God can show him what he's doing. And he sees a potter, and what he sees, though, is he sees that a potter makes this pot, but something goes wrong. Boy, it really made me think of Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve sinned. Something went wrong, but what do you do? Do you just throw it out? No, you know what he said he did? He takes the clay to make another pot the way he wanted it to be. Think about that. Could have been so easy for the Lord to cast us off. How many times in our life could he have cast us off for the things that we did? But he's constantly at work, not throwing us away, constantly at work. And I love what it say, doing it the way he wanted it to be because he's working in and on our lives. But I have to be willing to say, if you say so. Notice what that shows. It shows me taking this life and surrendering it back to him. My plans, my goals, my ideas are not mine alone. They're his. It's all his. He's the master. I'm giving them back to him. And we all need to say those words, if if you say so, because he takes things that look ridiculous and he makes it miraculous. In fact, the Apostle Paul, I believe, picked up on this the best in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, and he said this, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He who has begun a good work, the work that the Lord is doing in us is a good work, right? For many of us, it's a deep work. He's working out everything in our life. He's gonna take a Peter, a Peter that will eventually deny him, a Peter that it looks like at the end of the book of John that's going back to fishing, but he'll take a Peter and he'll begin to work on Peter's life because you know what Jesus sees? Jesus sees the book of Acts where Peter gets up and he preaches a sermon and 3,000 people are added to the church that day except the message of Jesus who lived, died, and was crucified. The same Peter who's doing his nets, 
not paying any attention. And even the most ridiculous thing that Jesus says he's gonna follow and do. He allowed the Lord Jesus to begin to work on the inside of his life. And boy, did what he saw that day was not only a miraculous catch, but it was a direction onto the life that the Lord had for him. You know, all of us, if we hand our life to the Lord, he has different directions for every one of us, but it always fits within his plan. He's always looking for those that will submit their life back to be used by him and his plan in our, our words and the things that we need to say are exactly what Peter said. If you say so, I will do it. If you say so, even the most ridiculous thing, if you say it, then I will do it. Well, keep that thought as we go into our time of of communion. You know, um, hopefully you've gathered something that we can receive together. And I wanted to read this verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 26. This is actually the Apostle Paul writing. Now remember, uh, the Apostle Paul was not one of those first disciples, apostles, but he is now an apostle. And he starts with this going into what Jesus did on that, the last supper that we mentioned that we find in the gospels. And he says this, for I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You know, one of the parts in this verse, he does all this knowing that he was gonna be betrayed. But he did it anyways. And so as you take your bread today, uh, and as we receive of our time of communion today, we do what Jesus does is and says, is we break our bread. And the reason that we break it is we wanna remember that his body was broken for us, and he gave thanks when it was broken. And so we declare and pray today, whatever is broken and missing and out of place in your life is restored because Jesus's body was broken for you. Let's do this together and receive it together. Jesus took the cup after supper and it was his blood that would be shed in this new covenant. In fact, he said, when you do this, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we are proclaiming today that Jesus not only died, but had but rose again. And we do this as often as we do this, we remember him. And as we drink this, we thank the Lord for the shed blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins for this new covenant that we are in him that was paid because of his death and his resurrection. Let's receive that together. So Lord, I pray in our 
time in our message today that you would speak to every single heart that's listening, regardless if we're distracted or if we feel disqualified or if we're going another direction, you're the one that seeks us out. You find us. We thank you that you're at work doing a work, but Lord, let the words of our mouth today say, if you say so, I will do it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we receive our tithes and offerings today, I wanna read this one verse. In fact, you can read it later. And I, I love Psalm 103, but verse two says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. So when you're giving today, don't forget that as you give, there are all of these benefits that the Lord says that he will do for you. So as we pray our prayer today, would you pray it? Would you believe it? Would you confess it? And follow along as I say it and I pray it as well. Ready? As I give in today's offering, I stop and remember all the good things that you have done for me. I remember your great mercy that you freely gave me when I did not deserve it. I remember receiving your blessings and your abundance, and I will not forget all of your benefits and your goodness towards my life. I give today with that heart. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving today, you can do it two ways. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the give button, it's fast, it's safe, it's secure. You can also give by mail. You can uh, uh, send us a letter, uh, send us something by mail at the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And we appreciate your support and uh, we bless you in return. Hey, let me mention one thing uh, as we close, though we're starting off the first day of the month of November, we have done a thing the last couple of years at the church called No Shave November. So you'll notice that I've started already No Shave November, and we're going to, in fact, men and ladies, if you want to do it, jump on in. Just don't tell us what you're not shaving, but uh, jump on in, No Shave November, and then at the end of the month, we'll give a donation to Foursquare Missions Press, the printing press that prints Bible materials and tracts that go all around the world to different ministries and churches for free because of our support. So remember that, no shave November. And so I want to leave us with the verse that we do every week, the reason that we are the Hills Church, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the hills. But where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord bless you. We are praying for you and be blessed this week.